Welcome to the 14th episode of the ClassCast podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Tibbins. This is our first solo episode, the first time that I'm speaking uninterrupted without a guest, and I'm a little excited about it. First, I think it'll be nice to record a shorter episode with just a few thoughts of mine on important issues. I'm also thinking this will be a little tricky because I tend to work better in dialogue. I ask a lot of questions, both rhetorical and interrogative, and so it's going to be difficult at certain points for me to make an argument or make a statement the way I normally would when speaking with a guest or perhaps with students in the classroom. Since this is the first solo episode, I thought I'd start off by talking a little bit about teaching and why we teach or why I teach and then why I'm doing this podcast. Um, to the first question, why teach? I think a lot of people have a lot of different answers to that question. Most people in the end will tell you something like, I want to help the students. I love kids. I like school. I want to help and improve and do things like that. I think that's good. I think that's honest. I also think that that's not really an effective answer. When I began teaching, I wasn't actually sure I wanted to teach. Coming out of high school, I had basically no interest in teaching. I had no real interest in teaching until I was most of the way through my college education. In fact, I enrolled in education classes primarily because I had friends in them. I was a major, I was majoring in English and I had to figure out something to do with it. And I knew that education would serve as a nice fallback or backdrop. I also knew that at James Madison University, like many other universities, you take your education classes usually as a minor during your undergraduate and then finish the courses with a master's degree in a fifth year. So as I saw it, this was the cheapest and quickest way to get a master's degree and it would get me an extra year of college and I really loved college. So I started taking the classes. I usually sat near friends in the middle or back of the room and didn't have a lot to offer in terms of the more enthusiastic points of why we wanted to teach. Anyone who's been in an education class knows that the most common icebreaker, the most common question on the first day of class is to go around the room and for each student to introduce himself or herself and say why you want to be a teacher. Once I realized that that was a pattern that was going to occur in most classes, I usually sat towards the back, hoping that people would give up or get bored and eventually just stop asking. But that never actually happened. And so when it was my turn to speak, I would stand up and introduce myself. Hi, I'm Ryan Tibbins, and I'm not really sure I want to be a teacher. Sometimes I would just say, I don't want to be a teacher. That would get some laughs and usually a dirty look from the professor. But it was honest. I didn't really know that I wanted to teach at all. I just saw the classes as generally easy A's, uh, an extra path to certification, uh, uh, an extra opportunity to use an English degree, but I didn't really see teaching as something I wanted to do. And really, the first times I started thinking seriously about it, I wanted to be a, a professor. I wanted to teach English and literature at the college level, but that was eventually, I wouldn't say discouraged, but that idea was eventually... Uh, examined and somewhat criticized by one of my favorite professors, probably my best professor, Dr. Mark Backens. But that's for a, another discussion. In the exact instance of answering the question, why do you want to be a teacher? I just didn't have a good answer. I knew that I wanted to take the classes. I was surrounded by pretty girls. I got easy A's. The workload on average was lighter than most of my other academic courses. But I didn't really see any any end game, any specific point. So when they'd ask me, well, why are you here? I would, you know, give all of those kinds of answers. 
And then even once I began into the classroom through practical experiences, I, I usually would have answered something along the lines of my love of the content. I love literature. I love reading. I love talking about literature. And I want to share great works with young people. And that's fine. But that probably was a better answer for someone who wanted to be a college professor. It didn't take me long in the classroom before I realized that working at a high school level, you really have to love the students more than you love the content. Not that you have to want to hold their hands or, or be their best friends all the time. Just that I thought, hey, you know, you need to love the content, be passionate about what you're teaching. And I would still agree with that. But, but I did learn that you have to love the students more than the content because the content doesn't sell itself. It took a few years of actual teaching before I realized that good teachers are more than content experts. Good teachers are salesmen. Good teachers are cheerleaders. Good teachers are actors and entertainers. To be a good teacher, you have to engage an audience. You have to convince them that what you're giving them is of value. You have to convince them that the work they're going to do, whether it's fun or not, has some purpose and that they, in the end, will benefit from playing along and going through the process. That's not easy, especially for someone whose focus, at least originally, was more on the content than on the people in the room. My first few practicum experiences were strong. I got very good reviews and uh, yeah, built some confidence, made me feel good. But I also felt underwhelmed because I didn't feel like I was teaching the kind of content that I was most interested in. Ultimately, it turned out, uh, as it turned out, the things I wanted to teach most were not always of, of utmost interest to, say, a 16 or 17-year-old. And when I student taught and did a practicum in middle schools, I realized that very little of the content they needed or could handle was what I wanted to teach them. However, I found other ways to enjoy the work. I could joke with the kids. We could talk. We could ask questions. And what I found was that as students became more comfortable. And as their confidence in me grew, their comfort with asking questions grew. And any good class requires questions. Questions from students, not just from teachers. If you're in a class and the majority of the questions asked are by the teacher, there's a pretty good chance that that's not a very good class. Learning requires inquiry. Learning requires the people learning to be doing the thinking and processing and then ask questions, either for clarification or to challenge what is being presented. Education has to go back and forth. Schooling doesn't. And so something that I've learned throughout my career is that education and schooling are not the same thing. That education is a focus on the student. That schooling is a focus on the adults or on the social structure and the institution around us. People can gain an education anywhere. You learn everywhere you go with nearly everything you do, at least if you're being thoughtful. Schooling can only occur in a school. It's about being there on time, sitting down by the bell, having your materials, doing the work, answering the right questions with the right answers at the right time in just a way that the teacher will like it and will provide the appropriate feedback. Of course, that's an A. I don't know that that's good. I don't know that our goal should be schooling. I, I believe very strongly that our goal should be education. And if the goal truly is education, then we need to do more than simple schooling. That means that grades are usually more of an impediment uh, than a boost. That means that a lot of the structures within a classroom, both the physical layout, the traditional rules, and all the rest, tend to inhibit learning 
as much or more than they could ever help it. I've learned that great education requires the students to do a lot of the thinking. I've also realized that a lot of parts of schooling focus just on what we know. What do you know about this? Who was this person? When were they born? What did they publish? What was the final result? What questions are fine because they help us to learn knowledge. But knowledge itself is not terribly useful. Knowledge is inert. Knowledge is inert. What does that mean? It means that knowing something is useless if you don't do something with it. We've all heard people use the phrase, knowledge is power. But the reality is that knowledge itself does nothing. Knowledge, when in the application process, uh, knowledge becomes options. The more you know, the more choices you have. The more choices you have, the more decisions and the better decisions you can make. Having options and making choices, that is power. So knowledge should not be the end goal of nearly anything. If you just know but cannot do, then your knowledge is inert and it yields no power. However, knowledge, when it creates options, ultimately does lead to power. So if the goal is to empower our students, we need to worry less about what they know and more about what they can do. In my classroom, this takes the form of analysis and argument, where students are continually pushed to think about how and why, more so than what. It doesn't matter what an author said if we can't think about how they said it or why they said it that way. It doesn't matter what happened at a particular moment in history or what is happening in a particular chemical reaction. What matters is how it has occurred, why it has occurred that way, how we can apply that new knowledge, and why we should apply it in certain ways to get ideal results. When focusing more on how and why, both in analysis and in argument, Students are forced to think, students are forced to internalize, and students are forced, or at least assisted, in growth. Schooling that focuses too much on what tends not to be productive. Schooling that focuses on how and why, on action, on creation, that is what yields great results. And so as a teacher, I've progressed a lot, I think, from someone who at least originally focused primarily on what to someone who focuses almost entirely on how and why. I believe that should occur in almost every classroom. I can think of my math experiences when I was in, in high school. I liked math for, for most of my youth until we got somewhere around Algebra 1, and that's when teachers stopped explaining how things worked or why they worked that way. My teachers could not necessarily provide real-life applications for some of the things we were learning. So they said, you need to know this. This is what. I said, well, what do we do with it? And they'd explain how you'd solve the equation. I said, but how does it work? Can you show me an example in the world? And I think in some cases, the teachers couldn't. But in other cases, they could, but they understood they were on a timeline. They had a curriculum. There was a test. There was something else that they had to get to. So rather than take the time to explain how or to explain why or to explain a real-life application, I'd get brushed off. And as a result, my math knowledge, my math learning uh, stalled. I would like to think I could have done better in advanced math courses if my teachers had taken more time on how and why. But when application, when real life function stopped being the focus, I no longer saw any reason to engage in the course. I didn't ask questions. I didn't think. I just memorized formulas to the best of my ability, plugged in variables and answers, crossed my fingers for a good grade on the test. Now that actually describes a lot of people's educational experiences, early schooling experiences, 
in a lot of different settings and in a lot of different classrooms. When the number one goal is to get a grade and not to gain some power in life, that class is failing. That teacher is failing. Students should always be able to say what they're learning, how they're learning it, and why they're learning it that way. They should always be able to say what they should know, how they can use it, and why that use has function or purpose in the world. When students don't see that, we don't get the results we want. People feel underwhelmed by their, their school experiences, and we start to shut down, if not against school overall, at least against certain subject areas. So a big part of my focus as a teacher is empowering students to think and to question, to force them into how and why, to leave behind the what. Now, that being said, you can't do how and why if you don't know what first. Think about something that you know nothing about. It's tough, right? It's hard to think of things we don't know. Think of something that you don't know a word for. It's probably difficult to do that as well because most people think in language. As it turns out, it's hard to think stuff if you don't know stuff. If I ask you questions about molecular physics or quantum computing, what do you know? Most people know very, very little. So I say, ask me questions. Ask me questions about that. Most people can only ask questions like, what is quantum computing? Who invented it? Maybe you'd ask how it works, but you can't even really understand how it works if you don't understand what it is first. We need to know what. We need knowledge. There is some value in memorizing things, of knowing places or names or dates or events. However, that is not the end goal of any real education. The end goal is to understand how to apply. And what that means is we need to go beyond just knowing the what to going into how and why we can apply it. This becomes a thought-centered approach, a more student-centered approach. In this model, students do the learning. Teachers. Yes, you can do some teaching, but think about it. Can a teacher really teach anything if no one is learning? If I'm in front of the room giving a lecture, but no one in the room is learning anything, am I really teaching? Probably just presenting some kind of monologue. This needs to be transactional. It needs to be back and forth. And so the focus on asking questions, on thinking deeply, should be at the core, and the core of every one of our classes that we teach in school. These are essential, essential skills that students can think and question and apply. If you don't know stuff, you can't think stuff. So we do need the knowledge piece. However, content alone is not going to unlock many doors for many of our students. Instead, we need to empower them to do the thinking. We need to focus on the students, on their goals, on their options for the future. What do they want? What do they need? What do they need that they don't know they need? This is not an argument for total student-centered learning. The teacher does still play a role. We have adults with some expertise, and we should use that expertise to empower the students. However, that does not mean that we should use the teacher's role, the teacher's knowledge, to overpower students, to, to force them into learning things that have no value to them. Rather, the teacher needs to use his or her expertise to support students' goals, to support students as they learn how and why to do the things we're teaching. If the student is not learning, the teacher is not teaching. So if the goal needs to be on application, on the thought, on the ability, how do we do that? Well, that is the question because for the last approximately 20 years, we focused a lot in public education. We focused a lot on standardized tests. These tests tend to focus heavily on what, what you're doing, 
what is the answer? What is the appropriate use of the comma? What was the, the initiating event in World War I, et cetera? That makes for an easier test to write and grade. However, having that knowledge is mostly useless if we don't know how these things happen, why they happen, or how and why we can apply that knowledge in the future. When the knowledge is inert, the test is failing. And as a result, we've seen stagnating scores, both on state, national, and international tests. It's not that students are receiving a particularly worse education than at any point in American history. It's that our goals have become too great and test involved. When we focus too heavily on a test, we focus too heavily on a grade, we stop thinking about the qualitative functions of education. We stop thinking about what students will be doing later in their lives and why they need to know the things they need to know. We focus on the short term. Do they know it now? What good is knowing it now if you're going to forget it in five months? What good is knowing it now if you don't know how to use it in five or 10 or 50 years from now? Our goal needs to be to use content knowledge, to use the student's experience in the classroom, to help people become more functional and more independent. And so a focus solely on content is not going to work for most people. Likewise, teaching just because we love school isn't going to work for most students because regardless of how much the teacher loves school or loved school when they were younger, eh, that doesn't always convey well. Being enthusiastic about school is not the same thing as being enthusiastic about students. Being enthusiastic about school is not the same thing as being enthusiastic about helping to create functional and independent adults. We should want students who question and challenge us in the group. We should want students who say that some things we do are less important than others. We should want students who have the ability to prioritize, to decide what assignments are or are not worth their time. That is critical thinking. However, when we grade work in such a way that requires students to pretend to be enthusiastic about every item in a class, about every assignment, about every assessment, there is no way no way for us to see the gains that we should that, that we should want. As a result, I believe it is important that we focus more on students and not just students while they're in school. We need to focus on students and the people that they are, the people they will become. We need to focus more on how and why they learn and apply the content from class. That is an essential part of school as I see it. However, very, very few people feel that those skills, those ideas are being well supported in most classrooms. The average person didn't really like school, maybe like the class or two, maybe like the teacher or two, but the average person generally did not enjoy school and generally doesn't find a lot of use for it later in life. So what do we need to get out of school? Well, we need skills. We need knowledge that builds skills. We need to know what skills are useful or necessary for different students and help them to achieve their own individual goals. When the goal is simply passing the state test, then everybody lowers their eyes to the desk. But the real goal of education should be to uplift, to raise their eyes to the skies and to the future and let the students think about how they can apply this information, about why these skills are important, about what they will do, not just what they know. School isn't necessarily working. School isn't necessarily the enemy either. But when we focus more on how a school runs than on what a school produces, we're setting the wrong measurements. We're setting the wrong goals. When we assess the quality of a principal or administrator based upon student behavior statistics, 
or based upon state tests rather than on what those students are accomplishing in their lives 10 or 15 or 20 years in the future, then we'll never really know if what we're doing is working. I would argue that many of the best schools in the country are helping students to achieve great things in their future, regardless of whether the results in the short term are pretty or not. The purpose of the ClassCast podcast is to engage in discussions in which people think about school and education, about philosophy and politics, about life, and they think and talk to figure out what parts of school are useful and what parts aren't. What education is needed to be functional and independent and successful and hopefully happy in life versus what parts of our schooling are, well, just schooling. If we do things in school that don't serve purposes 10 or 20 years in the future, then those short-term behaviors, those short-term activities are probably wastes of our time and our efforts and our resources. We need to rethink what school does. School should be a, an opportunity. School should uplift. School should build for the future. And we tend to assess schools very much just on what's happening day to day or year to year. So the ClassCast podcast seeks to open up the conversation, trying to speak with people from all different walks of life, teachers from different subject areas, former students, current students, people who run businesses, operate charities, people who do things in the community, then to get them to think, what do they use? What knowledge or skills from school do they actually use? What don't they use? And how would they want to change school to better support those goals? What we're finding through the first 13 episodes or so is that most people don't see school in its current form as ideal. Well, that's fine. Few things are ideal. However, there's starting to be some consensus that school isn't necessarily supporting real-life application goals and that some of the things that make school the hardest are also the things that people use least later in life. So I started the ClassCast podcast to help with some of these conversations. I'm hoping now, uh, now that we've been doing this for almost six months and we're 14 episodes in, I'm hoping that the conversations broaden to other aspects of society. I'm also hoping to provide some instructional uh, episodes here and there to help students uh, to build certain skills that will be useful to them later in life. The ClassCast podcast will hopefully be a repository of discussions that we can use to redefine and reimagine what school can do. We need to drop our focus on school, on grades, on test scores, and enhance and increase our focus on growth, on independent improvement. We need to find ways to make the institution of school really more educational. And so through these conversations, I'm hoping that we're hearing ideas, that people are sharing thoughts that help teachers, students, administrators, elected officials, essentially anyone who listens to these episodes, hoping that these conversations help us to reimagine what school can do to better serve our communities. I hope that this first solo episode has worked at least a little bit. I uh, am working with no notes here, so I decided to just wing it and do a little rambling. In the near future, I hope to do a few solo episodes where we discuss grading and assessment, including some testing. I would like to do some solo episodes where we focus on some skill-specific issues. 
uh, thinking specifically maybe about English class and some of the applications of punctuation or argument, things that we all tend to use, but maybe didn't find as much fun in school. But I also hope to continue uh, about every two weeks, every two to three weeks, to meet with someone from the community and to have them share their experiences, their ideas, their visions for what school and education can be. I appreciate you listening to this first solo episode. I apologize for any rambles or repeats, but I think that this is a nice place to start, a broad discussion of the philosophy. We need to empower students and empower teachers to focus on lifelong goals and lifelong function. We need to stop with the short term. We need to start thinking big picture. And hopefully the ClassCast podcast can support that. Thank you very much.